Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back into the Illini Choir podcast. Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner, and we have to cop up here. Uh, we've been slacking on our position previews. Uh, it's just because we've been so busy with stories and with actually going to training camp and, and everything logistically that goes into that. But we still have to uh, do a couple position groups here and important position groups. We got linebacker, defensive back, and special teams remaining. And given how few guys are actually at the linebacker position, Joey, we're going to combine linebacker and special teams into one podcast. And today we're going to focus on defensive back. So uh, the good thing here, Joey, is uh, if people are catching up on these, I I love these position previews because people can binge them as they get ready for the season. Uh, They might be able to listen to these weeks in advance. The great thing about these three podcasts or two podcasts we're going to put together is uh, we have a little bit more knowledge on these. So two weeks of gained knowledge of seeing who's repping, uh, of talking to the staff. Uh, These should be our best. So no pressure uh, on these, Joey. I don't feel all of the pressure, but because we waited, we can get into somebody who, to be honest with you, Jeremy, we wouldn't have thought to to talk about at length uh, two weeks ago. Uh, we'll get into freshman Matthew Bailey later, but yeah, it's it's nice to have a better baseline versus being at the end of July, just trying to think of things that we've compiled over the course of the the spring and the summer. Yeah, and there's a defensive back in Solo Turner that two weeks ago we didn't even know was on the roster, so we can actually uh, talk about him. Uh, But yes, defensive back. I think, Joey, this is a position like running back that we feel pretty strongly about, that this is going to be, as long as they stay healthy, a strength of the roster. I don't know if they have quite the proven depth or depth that they do have at running back, given the limited amount of running backs that actually play on the field. But I, I think you feel pretty good about the core of this unit. Devin Witherspoon last year was an all-Big Ten honorable mention guy. Nine pass breakups, eight tackles for loss. Didn't have a lot of interceptions, but we can dive into some of the other stats here in a second. He's a legitimate number one Big Ten cover corner. Sidney Brown played his best football last year under Ryan Walters. Finally looked free right, to, to play the way he wants. Uh, and uh, when P.J. Fleck compares you to Troy Palomau, not just because of the, you look like him, but you play like him, that's a huge thing. And then Quan Martin, who we know this staff raves about and kind of calls an unsung hero, but he's definitely found a home at nickel. So we can dive individually into each one of those, Joey. But when you have three guys that you feel like can be all Big Ten 
at least honorable mention kind of guys going into the season, that's a big strength for a program like Illinois. Yeah, it really is. Those three can they can cover up a lot. And I'm I'm glad you mentioned that about Quan Martin because he is overlooked. And Ryan Walters said, and then Jeremy, I know you broke it down in the position preview that you typed out. You know, Quan Martin got off to kind of a rough start, but really played very well after I think it was the Virginia game, if I'm not mistaken. The Virginia game's kind of the the base marker of everything that like that changed after that ryan walters went to the down to the field and everything kind of flipped after that but ryan said look maybe people don't always notice him because they don't throw to the slot because he's really good covering the slot but he's he does a lot for them and his versatility is super important and and really under ryan walters he and sydney brown have played had their best season of football last year i mean that was the best we've seen out of them maybe Quan didn't have quite the picks he had as a freshman you'll remember i think he had like four that year and same with sydney brown but just collectively they really anchored that back into that defense and obviously kirby joseph right like that, that's a loss that we'll get into them having to replace with those two coming back with devin witherspoon you feel really good about that yeah you know i've been doing a lot of questions to kind of talk about these jilly and you could do like a hot takey who's the most important or indispensable defensive back among those three, I, I can't give you a good answer. I think they're all so highly impactful. Um, if you had to ask me who I think has the best chance of being drafted the highest, I'd say Devin Witherspoon. He's starting to get some draft buzz. And I think finding cover corners, guys you can play with physicality, he's buffed up so much. I mean, he looks a completely different player, even from last year. I mean, you can just see it in his arms, but also the rest of his body. Like, he's proven himself as as, as a big-time cornerback. I remember two years ago uh, when he was going up against David Bell and he, he took ripped an interception away from him. And then he had one against Bo Melton of Rutgers. Um, so I, I guess if I had to say, like, Devin Witherspoon's probably going to be the highest drafted, the potential to be the highest drafted, but Man, Sidney Brown at times we were talking about as a defensive MVP, and and this staff talks about like Quan Martin was a potential defensive MVP. I'm br- glad you brought up that Virginia game though, Joey, because that changed so much. You know, Devin Witherspoon had struggled right the first three weeks of the season last year. Um, the free safety position was Derek Smith. I believe, and, and Sidney Brown kind of playing that. Um, they struggled early in the season. Quan Martin struggled early in the season. But then midway through that game, Kirby Joseph gets put in. We'll talk about replacing him. But Ryan Walters kind of found this group and found what uh, fits them best, and, and then it took off from there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that it, – it's I still think Ryan Walters going down to the field from the box was so important or the field, the box of the field, excuse me. That was so important and, and just kind of – and we talked about it before, Jimmy. He's got that. He's got that it factor that you can see why it would make a difference down there. But, yeah, they. It, it's still weird to talk about an Illinois defense in the way that we're talking about what they did, especially in conference play last year, because we just haven't had those conversations for a few years yeah. now. But it, it's, it's real, and it's probably overlooked, to be honest with you, by us. And nationally, or Big Ten Midwest-wise, like it probably is overlooked. That's not a knock because why would you think? Why would you think to look at it like that? It kind of reminds me, you know, Indiana has had strong secondaries recently despite not having – like they've had a 
you know, 2020, 2019 were really good for Indiana, but they've, they've consistently had good secondaries. Uh, you got to, you got to fill it out everywhere else, right? You got to have good quarterback play. You got to have good play in the on the line of scrimmage, but Illinois had a pretty good, decent run of defensive backs here, dating back to, you know, Clayton Fedulum, uh, Tony Adams got a six figure contract. Kirby Joseph got drafted. I mean, Bennett Williams was pretty good before he left. Um, and Nate Hobbs, of, of course, uh, very, very good. But last year I want to go back, uh, Devin Witherspoon, first beginning of the season and back-to-back losses to UTSA and Virginia, he gave up 14 receptions on 19 targets for 193 yards. That's not very good. Uh, Quan Martin, at the beginning of the season, uh, the first three games, first four games, 17 receptions on 21 targets, 287 yards and a touchdown. I, I forget what game it was. Was it UTSA where he just kind of got lost Right, that the ball was thrown up in the air, and he just, it felt like it should have been an interception. Correct. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh man, what is going on? This defense hasn't changed much. Uh, but then the last that during conference play, Devin Witherspoon was basically a, a shut down corner. Right, like the numbers back that up. Final nine games according to PFF, 17 receptions on 32 targets, like a 55 percent completion rate, 168 yards, zero touchdowns. Uh, it's 19 yards per game, Joey. Uh, and then Quan Martin during the last eight games, 15 receptions on 33 targets. It's under 50%, of course. 161 yards, zero touchdowns. 20 yards per game, under five per target. Those guys were great cover guys late in the season. And Tony Adams was really good, too. And as I recall, there weren't a lot of missed tackles in that conversation as well, which we've seen to be a problem with this Illinois really set a defense as a whole, but the secondary was not free of blame on that. Uh, real quick about the Virginia against you talked about uh, UTSA, you're like, oh my gosh, this hasn't really changed. Think of back, like, I don't think like, you and I noticed it because it was 11 a.m. in Virginia. People in Champaign were just waking up to have a cup of coffee. I, mean, I know you don't wake up at 10 a.m., Jeremy, but some people were just waking up to have a cup of coffee, and Illinois was down 14. Like, just think of I don't want to belabor the point, but just think of the feeling after the first like 10 minutes of game time of that Virginia game. Like it felt like, oh boy, this this is like that's what makes the turnaround so impressive and, and how good it was at the back end. And I think is is if you're a fan and you're looking at this, it's maybe what inspires the hope that this can continue with, with the understanding you have to replace some pretty key guys but to continue to kind of elevate or maintain that level because it wasn't just one or two games. It was a pretty strong stretch of games in that back half of the season. Yeah, uh, this is a really good group, uh, but they do have two guys they have to replace, right? So let's get into that. Um, uh, actually, before we do that, um, let's talk about Sidney Brown um, because this is a guy that in 2019 was an all-Big Ten third-team selection wasn't that consistent, but made big plays. I think that Michigan State, you know, return for a touchdown certainly solidified him in there. Certainly had the games to, to get that kind of recognition, but uh, always been a guy that, that wasn't as consistent, and you wondered why. Uh, but last year, Joey, maybe he didn't put up, the I guess, the counting stats, the turnovers, but he led the team in tackles. And if you just watched the games... You, you saw how big of an impact he made, especially in the box, being in that strong safety role. But the way Ryan Walters employed him, um, the way he just had Sidney just basically toy with quarterbacks. 
right? And that, that's something we should bring up is, is Quan Martin yeah. playing nickel after playing corner and safety. Like, that ended up being the best spot for him. Devin Witherspoon playing more press coverage rather than just sitting in zone all the time. That seemed to fit him well. And then Sidney Brown, not at free safety, but strong safety and just kind of moving around and confusing people. We didn't see a lot of pre-snap disguising under Lovey Smith. It was kind of like, here's what we're doing. Uh, we're just going to wait for you to make a mistake. Ryan Walters let Sidney Brown do what he does, which is he's competitive. He loves toying with quarterbacks, and that confused quarterbacks. And I always say, try to confuse college quarterbacks. They're 18 to 23 years old, whatever it is, uh, and, and they're going to make some mistakes. So make it difficult on them pre-snap so they have to make quick decisions. Sidney Brown was a big part of that. And then, of course, he's just such a hard hitter. Um, PFF never loves him. I don't understand. Like he had like a 65 grade last year for them, which is okay. Um, but I thought he played as well as he has throughout his career, even if he wasn't all Big Ten third team like he was as uh, a junior. Is there like a grade to give out for just passes the eye test? Because if you were to just like be dropped in from another planet and turn on the Illinois defense last year, I would think he would have been the one. If he wasn't the first person you noticed, he was probably one of the top three. I, I mean, you just. The way that I think the trust that Ryan Walters put in him is probably a little understated and how much that mattered to him. And he's talked about it. Like, just Sydney go. Like, the, to have someone believe in you. Remember when he was a free safety, dude, it wasn't very pretty at times. I mean, he, he was kind of – it just didn't feel like that was it. I, I always go back to, you know, Nate Hobbs was always the guy who's like, guy got the big play. I think that was 2020. But it was always Nate Hobbs looking back at Sidney putting his arms up. So, like, that's the hard part when you watch film or you're watching the game is you don't know what the responsibilities were. But it seemed like the communication wasn't very good. It felt like there were always breakdowns happening. And the way I read it is – and I'm not saying Nate was not to blame for any of that stuff. I don't, I don't specifically know. But it always felt like there just wasn't a lot of – there was too much thinking going on with Sydney. It felt like he was overthinking. And I think anybody that's played sports is if you're thinking too much and not just reacting uh, and, and just going, um, I, I think that's when you start making mistakes or you start being a little mechanical rather than just being a football player. And I think Ryan Walters gave him the freedom to just kind of, you know, he got to know your keys. You got to know your responsibilities out there, but just go make plays. Uh, and as Ryan Walters says, pull the trigger. And Sidney Brown certainly pulls the trigger. I mean, go back to that Purdue game. The huge hit he had on, on the tight end was just ridiculous. And he was doing that throughout the season. Minnesota, he was crushing people out there. You know, I know you asked him, and I still don't think we've gotten the entire answer for how much Ryan Walters just lets him just do whatever the heck he wants pre-snap, right? I, I mean, you, he has responsibilities, but just – this season, just watch Sidney Brown before pre-snap on one defensive possession. The, I don't know if he's got a lot of boundaries there for what he can and can't do because he – and he's smart. He's a really smart football player. and He knows which buttons to press. Like, that's not all Ryan Walters, like, go do this, go do this. That's a lot of instinct. And, and the trust to have that instinct and use that instinct, I, he is really fun. Like, he's fun to watch after the ball is snapped. But just watch him one possession. Keep your eyes trained on him whether it's at a game or on TV, because it's super fun. Yeah, and I think Jay Lehman and I broke this down at one point last year. It's just 
It makes a quarterback not guess at what you're doing. Is he is he screwing with me? Is he actually going to blitz when he comes up and shows himself at the line of scrimmage? Or is he going to drop back 15 yards into coverage <laughs> and play cover two or, or cover three, whatever it is? Like that That's where I think you have the advantage. Well, with Lovey Smith, the guys just knew what was happening. It's like, oh, this is going to be cover two. Give me one second after a snap. I can figure that out. Know it for sure. And I know where I'm going right away. It just – it. It gives you a little bit more time, and it's why I think last year they were able to rush the passer a little bit better, uh, and these guys were able to confuse quarterbacks and, and take advantage of it, like a Kirby Joseph on the back end. So I've kind of called him the amoeba of the defense. It's like he, he's always shifting and, and changing shape of what the defense looks like, but he's a huge key to it, Joey. And, and you and I know um, they love Devin Witherspoon, but the way Ryan Walters has talked about Sidney Brown this offseason, I mean, he said it on the record now, like, he had as good of an offseason spring, Ryan has said, than anybody he's coached. And he's coached some guys who have played in the NFL. And, I mean, it's ultimately isn't the, the end-all, be-all, but he and his twin brother, Chase, made the, the freaks list for the athletic. And usually, you know, our job, Jeremy, is to see who's talking about what. It, and that's kind of a list we could have ignored for a while, right? Like, Illinois just didn't have a lot of dudes on that list, so – Sydney Brown, you're starting to see it a little bit more. And I would imagine, you know, maybe a bye week, maybe one of those mid weeks where some NFL scouts or, you know, people who cover scouting for the NFL, you're going to see a thread of Sydney Brown somewhere going. And, and I don't think Ryan Walters is just fake hyping these guys. Like it's, it's real. It's pretty genuine what he's saying. And to say it on the record is, I mean, it's telling and it, they really mean it. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Joey, let's get into the... uh you got two big holes to fill, though, in the secondary, right? So as good as we feel about those three guys, um, you got some unproven guys stepping up into, into roles where Tony Adams had his best season, one of the best defenders for Illinois last year. And, of course, let's start with this. Who replaces Kirby Joseph, Joey? Kendall Smith appears to be the front runner right now. And remember, he interesting guy. Wasn't he Lovey's second recruit? Well, he was Ever? tied for first. Ricky Smalley and Kendall Smith committed at the exact same time. I was 20 feet away, Joey. They both walked up to him at the same time. They said something to him, and Lovey gave him a big bear hug. It was two huge recruiting wins at the time. You know, Ricky was the four-star. 
you know, top 10 in-state guy. Kendall was a top 20 good athlete out of a great program at Bolingbrook. Yeah, and he's still here. And he flirted with the transfer portal. The staff pushed to get him back. He, after Kirby Joseph especially, went to the NFL. And, and now you're seeing it that this is probably Kendall Smith's best chance at a consistent starting job. Uh, he, he's kind of bounced around a little bit himself. But back there at free safety, we'll see. I mean, I, I you know, the question is who's pushing him, I, I think, is what I don't know. Is it Keontae Curry? Is he a guy, the redshirt freshman, who's coming up to push Kendall Smith? And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But right now, as, as you go into Wyoming, you would think it's him. Yeah, I mean, the, as Ryan Walters has explained, like one guy's not going to get five interceptions and replace Kirby Joseph, right? Eight total turnovers. He had three fumble recoveries, too. That's not the expectation for Kendall Smith. I think the expectation for Kendall Smith is to be a veteran, to be uh, a vocal leader out there, and when you have a chance to make plays, make plays. Uh, I don't think they expect him to be as rangy as Kirby Joseph. I don't think they expect you know, four-plus interceptions or anything like that. Um, I think they expect him to be a solid starter. Uh, and, and to give them at least a bridge to the next couple guys, because you know I think Keontae Curry is very talented, uh, but it sounds like he's not quite consistent yet. Kendall should know this defense. He's a veteran. He's played some significant snaps, whether that's at wide receiver, corner, safety. Uh, he has played, but it's also one of those things that like you know Kendall's long. He's six three. He's physical. Probably not. He's not as fluid or as great of an athlete as Kirby Joseph, though. So. To me, it's like Ezekiel Holmes, right? I, I think if you get a solid starter there, you'd feel pretty good. But you could also see something where, man, Kendall has has been here five years. He's never been a real starter outside of like some COVID stuff or injuries. He's you know coming in and had to play cornerback. Never set the world on fire, but he's been a really good program guy, a really good veteran, a guy you love having on your team, love having in your secondary. And when Kirby Joseph left, uh, Kendall Smith made a lot of sense to, to bring back rather than, hey, go down to the MAC and maybe you get your opportunity. Um, so I could see an instance where Kendall Smith comes in and plays really well and allows all those other guys to continue making plays and then has a couple interceptions. I could also see, you know, Kendall four or five games in, there's a guy like Keontae Curry just have a higher ceiling and then he's more ready to play. Uh, I could see both those things happening, Joey. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's, is it. Is it as unknown, Jeremy? I guess everything was unknown last year going into the season. But I don't know, and I'm not making the comparison saying he's going to be Kirby, but like there's just as much unknown when Kirby Joseph went out there to start in, in games last season. And, you know, we'll see. But I, 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 I guess think, the one thing is like there was more known about Kendall than there was about Kirby, right, like Kirby right. at this point last year. Yeah, and, I, and it sounds like Kendall Smith is, has had a good spring. He's had a good summer. He's still in the driver's seat by our read for that free safety spot. They didn't go add anybody in terms of the transfer portal. Like, just I agree with you. I don't think you need a rock star at that position. Now you're not turning one away. No, you're not going to tell Kirby Joseph, "Hey, man, dial it back. We don't need all." Like, you're going to take it if you get it, but you don't. I, I don't think that they need that kind of production from that position. I think a solid starter is good, but you, you want those younger guys to push a little bit and, and try to try to challenge that spot and I, I think for the longest time Jeremy you and I thought that was Prince Green I don't know that I'm yeah. I think he's a free safety to this point so maybe it's Keontae Curry maybe it's someone else you know Mr. We don't know yet right but I just 
solid is good in this okay. defense. The, I mean, the guys we saw in our full open practice on Saturday, repping at the position, were Kendall Smith, followed by Keontae Curry, followed by TJ Griffin, the freshman, who Ryan Walters told me was has the best ball skills on the team. So Prince Green, who was free safety <clears throat> during most of the spring from what we saw, uh, and, and we talked to the coaches about um, long, athletic, kind of built like Kendall, felt like maybe there's a higher ceiling there. Um, doesn't seem like he's in that mix anymore. So it seems like Kendall has held off. I think that's a good sign. The one guy who's interesting to me out of this whole safety group is, is Solo Turner. Um, you know, former three-star prospect, started his career at Baylor, started games at Hawaii last year before transferring to Illinois. Saw him make one great interception uh, against one of the fourth or fifth string quarterbacks when we saw him. Certainly has length. Uh, he looks like a strong safety to me, but I, we don't know. So I just want to mention his name, Joey, that he was an interesting addition late in this process. I think it's more about maybe Prince Green, Keontae Curry than Kendall Smith, though. I think that adds depth, but I think it also adds somebody beyond Kendall next year who could play uh, in case Prince Green and, and Keontae Curry and, and the freshmen aren't quite ready next year. Yeah, we have to say with Solo Turner, we don't know that he's going to be eligible. Correct. Uh, they're still waiting on a waiver to see if he'll be eligible. He's transferred. This is second transfer, his third school. So that's that's something to monitor. Maybe, maybe that was a multi-year type <laughs> of uh, evaluation, Yeah, I guess. But I'm interested to see, because I, I really like the Ezekiel Holmes comp- comparison that you made where it's like, okay, <clears throat> will they hold it? Will they hold that spot? And and I, I don't know if this is a good transition, Jeremy, I think we thought about that at the other cornerback spot with, with Taz Nicholson. Yeah, uh, I do want to mention, um, we'll, we'll get to it a little bit later, but yeah. um, uh, another freshman who's really impressed them at safety. We'll get into that here in a second, but great transition, Joe. You're really good at this. Taz Nicholson uh, stepping into a role where, where, man, Tony Adams seemed like that 2019 season he took off as a corner then they kind of moved him around again and uh but man they found a, they found a home again at cornerback and he signs a six-figure guaranteed contract with the Jets seems like he has a pretty good chance of making that roster but he certainly made some money already in the NFL uh which was a question two years ago right so um now Taz Nicholson's time and Taz got some starts last year and to be honest it was a struggle when he was on the field it wasn't all that good Tony Adams comes back and as a starter and plays far better. Uh, Taz more undersized uh, at cornerback, but he's added a lot of strength, and it seems like he's gained a lot of confidence, Joy. We haven't talked to him yet, but just talking with Aaron Henry, talking with Ryan Walters, it seems like Taz Nicholson is a redshirt sophomore. Uh, after getting first-team reps, after getting his feet wet, thrown to the fire last year, they seem to have more confidence in him, and he seems to have more confidence in himself. But my thing on Taz Nicholson is you better be ready because you're, you're going to be the guy that they're going to attack. I mean, when you have Quan Martin, um, Sidney Brown, and Devin Witherspoon, they're probably going to pick on Taz Nicholson until he proves himself. Yeah, and there's going to be competition behind <laughs> Taz Nicholson to to make sure he is proving himself. But I think it's telling you – know, that's what we have to look at, I mean – when you look at guys who like, I don't think we were watching Sidney Brown and who's going to push him for a starting spot. I don't think we were doing that for Quan Martin, but there are certain positions on this defense and really the offense where you look and say, will he hold that? Because we think he's a starter, but you see how they attack the portal with Terrell Jennings. And you, you just like, there are positions where you wonder if they're going to hold on to it. And, and just be honest, has a spot 
just because of what we've seen from him on the field and the limited sample size, you wondered about that. But the fact that we think, and again, we, we don't see practices, we don't have, we're not blessed with the depth chart, maybe like some other uh, programs that people who cover other programs are, but like we think he's still got that spot. Yeah. And to hold it through the spring and for what we believe, hold it through, we'll talk to Aaron Henry later today, the first week and a half, 10 days of camp, like that to me, like those are the nuggets we have to pick up on. And I think that's a good sign for him that he's still in that spot to our belief. Yeah, and the fact that they're saying good things, we see him repping with the ones, uh, the the one main practice we saw. Uh, Terrell Jennings got here late too, so I think that's that's the benefit. Uh, he's got to prove himself after transferring from a D two school. The one thing with Jennings is, um, I, I'm I bet Taz is probably quicker. I mean, Taz is a pretty quick guy. Uh, Terrell Jennings is longer. He's stronger. Uh, I would imagine he's he's more physical, right? Just just based on his physical traits. So that'll be interesting. If Taz struggles early, Terrell Jennings is certainly somebody who can come in and play. Uh, another undersized guy who you know Aaron Henry, when I talked with him last week, really raved about, and I, I took note of was was Tyler Strain. Um, out of all those DBs that you know, the cornerbacks that Lovey Smith and Kenoto Hudson recruited in the, that weird class of 2020, Tyler Strain was kind of the unheralded guy. Um, you know, Daniel Edwards was a pretty highly ranked guy. Now at slot receiver, D.D. Snyder seems like he's more still on the developmental team. Tyler Strain's getting second team reps, right? So I think he raved about, Henry raved about his first week of camp, said he's been fabulous. He's 5'9", 180, so not that big, but he's added a lot of strength. And the one thing you liked about him as a prospect was he is lightning fast. He is really, really quick. So um, we haven't seen a lot of Tyler Strain play like eight reps last year uh, on defense, but he's a name to monitor, Joey. He's just a, a kind of guy that, hey, if if the guy, first guy struggles, if there's an injury, maybe we see some Tyler Strain at some point. Yeah, and you need that because there's not a lot of proven depth, and he's included in that. There's not a lot of proven depth at this position, but he does seem like the redshirt freshman who's most likely – in the two deep or kind of on the cusp of of getting that opportunity so it's, it's fascinating what what they might need out of him this year could it be like are there similarities to what they might need out of him and what they needed out of taz someone to go yep. you know they had taz push tony the taz nicholson pushed tony last year tony adams can you see that go the other way now where tyler strain is is kind of pushing taz nicholson for that spot and maybe pushing jennings I mean, let's be honest. Sure. Like Illinois had Jennings, but he's never played at this level, right? So like he's still got something to prove. So you know, maybe Tyler Strain can can win that number three job. And maybe at some point that leads to the number two job. Uh, at some point, whether it's injury or, or poor performance, we got a lot of freshmen uh, on this defensive back group. They got a couple more coming in, three more at least so far coming into the class of twenty twenty three. So there there is some some long-term hope and talent in this room as well i mean strain snyder green and curry are all redshirt freshmen and then you have five true freshmen joey elijah mccantos xavier scott tyson rooks tj griffin and matthew bailey i think this would have been a fun conversation but we probably would have leaned one way a couple weeks ago but which freshman makes the biggest impact this year yeah you're right a, a week ago two weeks ago i would have I've been beating the drum for Elijah McCantos. I don't know that I think I'm that wrong on that, but I think that's changed over the last two weeks with Matthew Bailey. We saw him, Jeremy, repping with the ones and twos in the open practice that we had now. Sidney Brown was not participating in those practices. He's back now. 
but like that was telling and and I don't think that was a one off either Jeremy I don't think that was just hey our our guys out we got to put someone's got to do this like there's real buzz Brett Bielema was effusive in his praise of Matthew Bailey I, I mean it was like he, he said it, and I'm paraphrasing I don't like to put this kind of stuff on freshmen but I don't think I'm hyping up anything that's not there that's after nine days of camp Jeremy 10 days of camp like there's I think he's going to play. The question I have is, like, how? Because I don't anticipate – if Sidney Brown's not on the field, something's probably gone wrong. And Sidney Brown is directly in front of him, to our belief. But are there ways they can get both of them on the field? Like, that was credit to Pat Ryan, the high school – Illinois High School Relations – is a director, mm-hmm. I guess. A longtime Metamore coach. He was – he kept up on that one. After Matthew Bailey had a, a not very good workout in Champaign, did not get an offer, goes back to Moline, puts together a really nice senior season. Ryan Walters didn't see the workout. He had back surgery. Like I, I guess that's probably a good thing. Ryan Walters said that he wasn't there to see that. And, and obviously, Matthew Bailey had a good season. Ryan Walters went. They liked what they saw. But come on, Jeremy, we didn't see – like th- this was not what we thought we would see when we walked into Memorial Stadium on Saturday. No, he's the surprise of camp. Uh, there's no doubt uh, that he is the surprise of camp because before he uh, picked Illinois, and while Illinois fans can think recruits always fall when they pick Illinois, they, they don't think about the guys who are two stars who t- automatically turn into three stars uh, once they get reevaluated because they commit to Illinois. Like He was a two-star prospect. He didn't have any other FBS offers when Illinois came along, but he's long, he's athletic, and the thing Ryan Walters raves about him is his cognitive ability. Uh, his ability to learn the defense, see the defense. Like he is already, I mean, he already dropped the Sydney Brown comp, right? Like he said, he looks like Sydney's just uh, maybe a little bit longer than him. Given what Ryan thinks about Sydney, uh, that's a lot. Now that's a, that's a lot of hype to live up to at some point, but the fact that they're throwing that out there this early, they think he can handle that. So that's, that's the fun part of training camp that I miss of not seeing more of it is guys like Matthew Bailey who kind of come out of nowhere and say, oh, this guy's going to play. And that's the fun of recruiting uh, and the inexact science of all these three-star prospects is, you know, you look back at some of those, that 2017 class for Illinois, go back and look. Some of the lowest guys on that list um, made the biggest impact. And that's, that's the fun part about it. You know, Sidney Brown, was one of those guys in, in 2018 who was kind of a late guy, uh, but they found him and he ended up making a big impact. Like I'm looking at the bottom half of that class. You had Bobby Roundtree in 17, Nate Hobbs, Isaiah Gay, Bennett Williams, you know, guys that weren't that Alex Palczewski and guys at the top of the list who were obviously more hyped than them. Some of them worked out like Kendrick Green, others didn't. And that's the fun part of kind of separating you know, recruiting four or five years later is maybe a guy like Matthew Bailey ends up being as impactful as, as any of them. And, you know, it seems like he's going to see the field at some point, Joey, whether it's special teams, whether it's rotational role at safety, whether it's a, a dime package or whatever they want to throw out there. seems like Bailey can make an impact in that in-the-box safety kind of role because that's not a surprise to me that he'd be a strong safety because I think he can eventually be a linebacker. Uh, I think he's got that, that kind of frame, that kind of size and, and physicality. Well, do you remember Brett Bielema's press conference? I think Matthew Bailey was – was he the set, like the 
traditional site. He was not in early signing day. Is that right? Yeah. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. I remember we, we were in the State Farm Center when Brett Bielema was talking about him. And, and Brett Bielema loosely, as I remember, kind of said, we just wanted to get him in here. We don't – I think he threw about every position on the field that isn't quarterback out there. Like, I could see him playing here, here, and here. It's like, okay, well, well, where is it going to be? And and obviously, he's found a home, we think, at safety or maybe move up to linebacker. But, man, I don't know that anyone – and you're right, that is the fun part of it because when he got the commitment, it was like, all right. I mean, it's it didn't – let's be honest, Jeremy, it didn't look very good on paper. Uh, and, and obviously that was not right to, to the, our knowledge to this point. Yeah, it's more like a okay. That's an interesting flyer, right? Is that is that going to work out? Or flyers, it, flyers, a good way to is, put is it. Is yeah. this is this desperate? Is this you know what I mean? Like that's that's how fans are going to react when a two star guy all of a sudden is is committed to Illinois. Uh, now you dive into his film and there's things to like. There's you know things to poke holes in, but it was kind of like okay, we'll see. On this one, it wasn't like an oh, what a huge get! Like you know, you get Gabe, you get Gabe Ackes on signing day over Tennessee. You're like oh, that's a that that's a big one, right? Matthew Bailey, it's like, well, we'll see in three or four years. Maybe we'll see in a year. Uh, that that's the interesting part. With three that. or four months. <laughs> yeah. All right, Joey, is this the strength of the defense? I I think so. Yeah, I think so. Like I, I'm. I guess the argument I'm having with myself is the top three on the defensive line with Keith Randolph, Johnny Newton, and like to our belief, Calvin Avery. But yeah, I, I think it is. I, I think the way they're talking about those guys they have in the back end, the way that those guys have performed, I think it has to be. If you tell me Devin Witherspoon, Sidney Brown, and Quan Martin stay healthy, yes. I think so. Yeah. Um, because I, I think I think those three guys are as proven as Keith and Johnny. And Keith and Johnny are, are guys that have so much value because it's hard to find, as Illinois is finding on the recruiting trail. It's hard to find and get those guys, right? Like it's, it's easier to find defensive backs. Um, and I think that's pro- that proves out throughout college football when a team like Illinois and Indiana can, can churn out good quality NFL prospects in, in the secondary. Um, but I, I, I just... I think because of the experience, because of the talent level, because I could see all those guys in NFL training camps next year. But if one gets hurt, that's when you start to get the depth thing, right? You start worrying about depth again. And I don't know if the number three cornerback is is ready to be a starter. Heck, I don't even know if the number two guy is ready to be a starter. I, I don't know if free safety is going to be a solid player for them or a good player for them, right? Like, So there are some depth questions I have here. I think there's talent. It's just unproven. Um, I think Solo Turner, Terrell Jennings helped that somewhat uh, to give you a higher floor back there. Uh, but I do think if, if this group stays healthy, it should be very good. Uh, but I kind of feel that way about the defensive line and the linebacker crew, right? Like, I feel like if they stay healthy, uh, they should be pretty good. But one injury, two injuries, all of a sudden this could become an issue. But if, I, if I'm putting a healthy defensive back group up against Purdue, which is the best passing offense in the, in the Big Ten West, I feel pretty good. And if I have to put these guys up against Wisconsin running backs and, and tight ends, I feel like they can do their job as well. I, I think it's a it's a good group one healthy. I think I threw this comparison out there last week, and I'm talking myself more and more into it. The defensive backs especially remind me so much of kind of the state the offensive line was in last year, where you have a bunch of veteran proven guys in your ones, maybe a couple guys who can extend in the rotation, and then there's like 
no junior sophomores, redshirt sophomores. It's all freshmen and redshirt freshmen. Like this, and it was the same thing we talked about the offensive line. Ooh, if they get hurt, what what happens? Yeah. And I think there's some similarities there with this defensive backfield. And and you've seen Illinois address offensive line. They brought in every high school freshman imaginable. And then they added a bunch of defensive backs in the high school class. Like, I think there's some similarities there. And let's – I'll end with this, Joey. The reason – another reason I have such confidence in this group, they got pretty good coaches. Like, Ryan Walters is great at what he does. Aaron Henry proved to be pretty good at what he does. Um, if, if – you know, I'm, I'm still debating my season prediction of how many wins for this team. I do have faith in the development – ability of this coaching staff i think we earn i think they mostly earned that last year uh the one position we didn't was the quarterback play caller i think the other positions did a pretty good job now you can say one did a solid compared to a great job like ryan walters but ryan walters and i think aaron henry did a great job so i think those coaches put these guys in, in real positions to succeed yeah, and I think one of those guys is on the very fast track to being a head coach and Ryan Walters. And I think Aaron Henry, Jeremy, we've talked about this. That guy's got, at minimum, defensive coordinator written all over him. And, it was just, and the way, just the whole body of work that he has. Like these, Brett Bielma did a really nice job putting this coaching staff together, save really for the one replacement he's had to make very quickly. But, man, those two guys have a lot ahead of them in the coaching game. All right, that's the defensive back preview. Hope you enjoyed that. We got one more coming up for you with linebacker and special teams. Thanks for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. You can go back, binge all of these position previews to get you ready for the Illini football season, which as we record, this is 16 days away. It's coming up very quickly to kick off against Wyoming. For Joey Wagner, I'm Jeremy Warner. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time on the Illini Enquirer podcast. docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire now streaming on Paramount Plus.